We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Nordian fans, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And today, we're going to talk about the Notre Dame defense. And we are about two weeks away from when I anticipate spring practice starting. And the Notre Dame defense is going to once again be expected to be a dominant part of this football team. Over the last three seasons, Notre Dame has gone 33-5. and The Notre Dame defense has been the primary driving force behind that success. In order to continue that success in 2021, however, Notre Dame must replace its defensive coordinator, Clark Lee, who is now the head coach of Vanderbilt. It must replace its safeties coach. It must replace two of its top defensive linemen from last season. In fact, it's two best defensive linemen from last season, Dalen Hayes and Adi Takumba Ogundiji. It has to replace an All-American linebacker in Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. It has to replace a cornerback in Nick McLeod that really salvaged the secondary last season, and it must also replace... Sean Crawford, who started the entire season at safety. So certainly a lot of uh, some big shoes to fill, a lot of question marks heading for, heading into the spring for the Notre Dame defense. And we really have seen that every season the last three years. And up to this point in time, Notre Dame has been able to answer all of those questions. In 2019, it was how do they replace Jerry Tillery? How do they replace Drew Tranquil, Julian Love, and Tavon Coney? Going into this past season, it was how do they replace Alohi Gilman and Jalen Elliott? How do they replace Troy Pride? How do they replace Julian Akwara and Khalid Kareem and Osmar Bilal? And of course, they answered those questions as well. So there's certainly a lot of reason for optimism, but the questions still remain. And for me, 
as you look at this Notre Dame football team and you look at what is on deck, there are really five questions that I believe have to be answered for the Notre Dame defense in order for this unit to continue being the dominant force that it's been the last few years. Number one, how quickly will Marcus Freeman and the players connect? Number two, can the cornerback position get back on track? Number three, what defensive line will break out? Number four, will the linebackers be more consistent and productive? And number five, do any safety step up alongside Kyle Hamilton? These are the questions that we have to get answered. Now, I'm confident in many of these answers, but they are questions nonetheless. The first one is true no matter what you think of Marcus Freeman. And I personally think that Marcus Freeman was a great hire for Brian Kelly. The ability to go out to beat LSU for him, to get one of the best young coaches in the business, to leave a place where he was very comfortable, had a great relationship with the head coach there, was a coup for Notre Dame. But no matter how good of a coach Marcus Freeman might be or might have been at Cincinnati, might be at Notre Dame, there's always an adjustment period. The question about Notre Dame going into the spring is how quickly can that adjustment period be worked through? And an adjustment period in college football for a new coach means a lot of different things. Number one, you've got to get to learn your personnel. That just doesn't mean you get to learn them from a what can they do from a skill set standpoint or what can they not do, but it's also how do you coach them? As a, as a linebacker's coach and as the defensive coordinator, what is the best way to reach Shane Simon? What is the best way to motivate and get the most out of Drew White or Bo Bauer or Maris Luafau or Osita Ekwanu or any of the other linebackers? That's going to be important from a position coach standpoint. But he's got to learn that as the defensive coordinator for everybody. You have talent on the defensive line. But how do you fit it into your system? How do you get this defense motivated and focused and all going in the same direction to where you can then play at an elite level? At Cincinnati this past season, it was his fourth year in the defense. Coach Freeman had a hand in recruiting all the players on the roster, and he had obviously established over four years what the culture was going to be like at Cincinnati. Well, now he's walking into a new situation with, with a proven situation, which sometimes can be harder because when you're replacing a coach who was successful – there's always going to be some pushback on, well, we did it this way under Coach Lee, or we did it this way under Coach Elko. When you're replacing a coach who was fired, nobody's hands asking those questions. So that's an additional challenge for, for Coach Freeman. And how quickly those adjustments take place are, are, are going to impact just how good this defense can be in 2021. And of course, for the players, there's adjustments. Coach Freeman is not Coach Lee. He is not Coach Elko. He's not Coach Joseph. He is his own unique coaching style, his own belief system, and the way that he goes about business. The players have to accept that. They have to be willing to say, okay, maybe we did it this way in the past, but we're going to buy in to what Coach Freeman is doing now. So there's an adjustment period on both sides, and how quickly that adjustment period gets worked out is going to determine just how good this defense is going to be in 2021. From a personnel standpoint, the biggest question mark on the defense, in my opinion, heading into the spring is the cornerback position. And we could get into the depth chart at safety being a bigger concern, but to me, the entire cornerback position is the greater concern because there's nothing proven coming back when you look at the depth chart. There are there are questions all over the place. Now, is there talent? Absolutely. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. But right now, there's nothing close to a proven commodity coming back. A cornerback, the the most proven thing you know, player you could talk about is. Clarence Lewis, who's a rising sophomore who didn't even start half the season. And that's not an ideal way to build your depth chart. Now, that again, doesn't mean there's a lack of talent. But for this team to be to take that next jump in 2021, 
not only do they have to get back to the level they were at last season, in my opinion, they got to be better. The cornerback position to me was the weak spot of the defense this past season. There was a safety spot, and then both corner spots at times had their issues. Now, Nick McLeod was a very steady force. He was a leader. But as we saw in some of the bigger games, he was not the caliber of player as a Troy Pride Jr. or Julian Love. And so there was a drop-off there. Notre Dame needs to get its schedule back, or its cornerback position back on track, especially when you look at the schedule they're going to face in 2021. It's a much deeper offensive group. It's not a tremendous offensive group, but from a passing the football standpoint, you have North Carolina on schedule. USC is going to be on the schedule. Purdue has been a pretty good throwing, throwing football team. They're going to have one of the best receivers in David Bell that Notre Dame is going to face next season. So, and you just go down the line, there's a lot of good, you know, there's a lot of talent at receiver coming back on the schedule. So the cornerback position is going to be very important. So you look at it, there's there's really three questions for me that I have, three g- general questions. Number one is, can Cam Hart turn his potential into production? I think he could arguably be the ringleader. We've talked about that in the previous podcast, so we're not going to spend too much time on it now. But he could be the 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 player that can make or break this group along with Tariq Bracey stepping up. Number two, will Clarence Lewis see a jump as a sophomore? This is a talented and confident player. Can he build on last season? Will there be any step step back? Now that opponents know that he's the guy at that field position, can he build on his the areas where he maybe wasn't as good? Teams are going to have more film of him. They're going to know what areas to attack him with. Can he improve on those areas and become an even better player, a more productive player? He was a consistent player as a freshman but he needs to be more productive this season. And then number three is, of the deep group of young players that begins with rising sophomore Ramon Henderson and Caleb Offord, and of course the incoming freshman class, which for the purposes of the spring is about Ryan Barnes and Philip Riley, can any of those players step up and force their way onto the field? So plenty of bodies, plenty of talent, but we've got to see that group start to play better. And how quickly they can adjust this spring is going gonna, is gonna to tell you what to expect in the fall. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If this group is struggling coming out of the spring, then that's going to be a major cause for concern heading into the fall. Doesn't automatically mean they won't be good in the fall, but it's certainly concerning. If this group can have a good spring against the Notre Dame receivers, and you start feeling good about you know Cam Hart or or Philip Riley or Ryan Barnes or 
you know, any of those young Ramon Henderson, young players trying to emerge, then you can say, okay, well, one of those two guys step, one or two of those guys stepped up. You feel good about it. Clarence Lewis is, you know, building on it. And maybe Tariq Bracey has a little bit of a bounce back. So again, plenty of talent, but that talent has not produced at a, at much of a level when you consider the players coming back and they need it to do so. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Question number three, who breaks out along the defensive line? I think we know who the players are going to be along the defensive line next year. Most, with the exception of Hayes and Atikumba Ogundiji, everybody's coming back. We see some guys moving around. I think we'll see Myron Tungvaloa Mosa playing some strong side end, which we've talked about. And there's going to be an adjustment period a little bit to what Coach Freeman is trying to do. But we've seen this group of players play. We know the talent. But what Notre Dame needs in 2021 is for some of these players that have been experienced players or got some experience the last couple of years that have talent, they need to break out and they need to have big years. We've seen in the past, we saw Julian Aguara have a breakout in 2018. We saw Adi Tagumbo Ogundiji have a breakout this year. I think Daylon Hayes, you could say, had a bit of a breakout in that he took his game to another level. But in past years, guys have gone down or guys have graduated and somebody else steps up into that void, not just in the starting lineup, but becoming the playmakers. I truly believe that this defensive line has a chance, a chance to be the best Notre Dame has had up to this point in time. When you consider the depth, I think in past years, there's been some very strong defensive lines. The 2012 defensive line was very good. I think the 2015 defensive line was very good, both in the starting lineup. The 2018 defensive line was probably the best when you consider the depth that we've seen. I think this group could be even better. But that's only if a couple players go from being talented to being really that next step elite players where their talent becomes production. And there's really three players I have in mind. Two veterans and one young up-and-coming player. Number one is Isaiah Foskey. This is a player that has a ton of talent. And, and I think that everybody in Notre Dame Nation knows that this is a guy that could potentially have a breakout next season. There's no doubt about it. But can he be consistently dominant and impactful? That's a question mark. And the talent is there, but he's got to do it. Notre Dame needs to have to take that next step for this defense to, to get into that upper echelon. They have to have somebody step up and be a legitimate pass rusher that you have to build your offensive game plan around. They've had good players the last couple of years, but they haven't had any really dominant difference makers really since 2018. Jerry Tillery was that player for part of the season. Julian Aguaro was player for that player for part of the season. But over the course of the season, you had to worry about those two guys, especially as pass rushers. You haven't seen that the last couple of seasons. It's been more of a by-committee thing. And that's why at times against the better teams on the schedule, the pass rush hasn't been quite as productive. You need somebody like Isaiah Foskey to take his game to the next level and say, if you don't game plan for him, whether it's sliding your protection, whether it's putting a back on him, putting a tight end on him, going max protection in order to get enough bodies to protect against him and the other players, 
then that is going to hurt you in some of those bigger games. If he can break out and become that dominant edge player that I think he's capable of being from a talent standpoint, this could be big for Notre Dame. Inside, to me, is the other key. And the number one player I'm looking at is Jason Adamiola. This is a, a young defensive player. Well, he's not really young anymore now, is he? Because he's going to be a senior next year. But he's really flashed top talent from the moment he stepped foot on campus. The issue has been in the past is, number one, early in his career as a freshman, he was undersized. He was 270, 275 pounds at the most. But even then, he flashed outstanding ability. We saw him as a freshman in 2018 be a productive player in limited snaps. He graded out by pro football focus as Notre Dame's top run defender inside in 18 and 19. So that potential is there. In 2020, they asked him to be more of a pass rusher. And he was without a doubt Notre Dame's best interior pass rusher. Now, what he has to do is he has to put it all together into one package. Recently, we did a preview of the defensive tackle position for the spring. I would encourage you to give that a listen. But the thing that I see in Jason Adamiola is I see a player that has Sheldon Day-type talent. Now, he hasn't produced the level Sheldon Day had, but even Sheldon Day didn't have that really dominant year until his till his senior year. As a junior, I believe he had about two, nine and a half tackles for loss. He was a good player, but he played a lot more snaps than Adam Miola did as a junior. But then as a senior, Sheldon Day became a really, really special player for Notre Dame. 15 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, just a really outstanding season. Had earned some second-team All-American honors that year. I think Jason Adamiola has absolutely that kind of skill and talent to be that kind of highly productive player. He has to be able to stay on the field longer. He has to be able to stay on the field consistently and not get injured, which is what has happened to him the last couple of years. He needs to do an even better job finishing at the ball, and he needs to do a better job of, of being more of an impactful player on a consistent basis because the opportunities are going to be greater. Now, I don't believe he wasn't impactful in the past because he didn't play well, I think by the end of the year, you could make a strong case that he was Notre Dame's best interior defender. He was definitely their best three technique in the last couple of games when he came back from an injury. And he was starting to get to that level before the injury. Now, the question is, if his volume of snaps increases, can his production and level of play stay the same? And can he then take it to the next level? From talking to different sources, it sounds like he's been very motivated this offseason. He understands the opportunities in front of him. The Notre Dame coaching staff believes in his ability plus the players behind him, which is why we believe they're going to move Myron Tungvaloa most of the strong side at the big end position. So the opportunity is there, but he's got to become that guy. Now, if he becomes that guy and Isaiah Foskey becomes that guy, Notre Dame has a chance to have that special defensive line that I talked about where it could end up being the best that we've seen from Notre Dame. I'm not predicting it. I'm saying it has a chance because the bar has been set pretty high when you look at the 2018 to a degree, the 2015 and then the 2012 defensive lines, those are th the three best in Notre Dame, 2012, 2018 being, in my opinion, the standard. 2012 had the best starting lineup. In my opinion, 2018 had the best depth of talent. This group has a chance to be that, but they need those two players to be studs. In 2012, they had studs. Stephon Tuitt, Lewis Nix, both studs. 2018, Julian Aguara. Outstanding season. Jerry Tillery, All-American. They had difference makers. With the 2020 defensive line, as good as it was, it didn't have those game changers. And, and these two players can be game changers. Now, behind that, I think another player that could be a mi in the mix here is Riley Mills. 
Now, the reason I bring up Riley Mills is because him and Adam Miola could form a really potent combination rotation of the three technique. But I also think you could see them play together, especially when Notre Dame goes to some of the three down looks. If they're going to move Isaiah Foskey around, I could see some scenarios in which you have Riley Mills, Jason Adamiola, and Kurt Heinisch in the game as defensive linemen. And then you could be with, with Isaiah Foskey in sort of a, a hybrid stand-up, moving around kind of role in some situations where you could use those two players together. I think that's a possibility in certain looks, not as an all-time thing, but in certain looks. Then, of course, as a rotation, you can use them together. And I think Riley Mills is a potential breakout player too. I don't see him becoming that elite player yet, but if he can become that sort of super sub type of player, then I think you have a chance to start having some of those players break out. So they're going to need somebody to break out up front if this defense is not only to repeat last season's success, but be even better. Question number four, will the Notre Dame linebackers become more consistent and more productive? Now, Jeremiah Wusukoromo was brilliant the last two seasons. Asmar Bilal was really steady in 2018, 2019, and he was productive. He had over 70 tackles. He had 10 tackles for loss. Other linebackers that have been in the lineup, Drew White, Bo Bauer, Shane Simons, St. Simon, Maris Luafau, Jack Lamb, Jack Kaiser. We've seen a lot of different players play, and I love the talent that they have coming back. All of those guys can play. We Osida Kwanu has a talent. J.D. Bertrand has talent. There's a lot of talent at the linebacker position but what this group has not done is produce at a high level and be consistent the most productive player coming back is drew white this is a big spring for drew white the reality is he's really not quite as big and strong as talented as bo bauer and at times last season bo bauer outplayed drew white there were other times when drew white was their best inside linebacker by a mile he had a very underrated nine tackles for loss last season He's a young man that can play, but he was not consistent. He took a step back in 2020 from a consistency standpoint. I would contend, without knowledge of the situation, just watching him on film, it seemed a lot of times Drew White was really concerned with what was happening next to him. There didn't seem to be the same level of trust in the buck position as he had the year before with Osmar Bilal. And he was often trying to clean up that mess. And that caused his play to take a step back. He has to get back on track and focus on what he can do as the Mike linebacker. But he also needs that position beside him to step up. Shane Simon, to me, is a player that could be a major wild card in this defense. We've been very hard on Shane Simon at Irish Breakdown because he had, did not play well. And our job is to call balls and strikes. And the reality is, outside of the November Clemson game, Shane Simon was an average to below average football player for Notre Dame last year. But what hasn't changed? is the talent that made him one of our highest-ranked recruits when he signed with Notre Dame in 2018. He's tall. He's long. He's athletic. He's got good power. He just doesn't use it. He's very robotic. He's not a player that showed the instincts that you that I thought he had in high school. Now, here's the question that I have. Is that just who Shane Simon is? Or for whatever reason, did his learning style and Clark Lee's teaching style not mesh together? Could Marcus Freeman be able to turn and get the more out of Shane Simon and turn him into a more productive player? That's a big question mark. If it's not him, can he get that out of Maris Lufau, Osita Ekwanu, J.D. Bertrand? Is there a scenario in which Bo Bauer 
and Drew White play together inside? Is Jack Kaiser going to be a fixture at the buck at the will position, or does he move to Rover? If he doesn't move to Rover, who's going to play Rover? Paul Mawala, Isaiah Pryor. I don't love those options, especially when you consider Paul Mawala's coming off of an Achilles injury. So there are a ton of questions at the linebacker position. Not only do you have to replace an All-American, your whole unit has to play better. The linebacker play at Notre Dame in 2020 on the inside, so that's the Mike and the Buck. Now it's the Mike and the Will. It's called the Mike and the Will. was significantly less than what it was in 2019 and certainly what it was in 2018. They have to get that group back on track. That is going to be a big task for Marcus Freeman as the linebacker's coach and working with Nick Lazinski to get that group back on track. They have to be more productive. As we explained in a recent video at Irish Breakdown, where we broke down the how the linebackers fit into Marcus Freeman's defense, we showed that he needs his linebackers to be more productive, especially inside. At Cincinnati, he used them to blitz more. He used them more on run stunts. He was more aggressive with them. They have to be productive. If the safeties have to spend a lot of time protecting the linebackers, this defense isn't as good. It's more of a linebacker-driven defense than the previous defense, which was more safety, defensive end-driven. They need this position to be more productive. A lot of talent, a lot of potential. It's got to get better. And until it does, it's going to remain a question mark. If we're talking about this position being a strength coming out of the spring, then I'm going to start feeling really good about what this can de- this defense can be in 2021. Now, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that cornerback was my biggest question mark on defense. When you look at the entire depth chart, I think when you look at the defense from a depth standpoint, it's safety that's the biggest question. And here's what I mean. I don't think safety is as big of a question mark when you look at it from a starting lineup standpoint. Cornerback has no one proven coming back. I love the depth, but the depth chart's a major question mark because nobody has stepped up and and proven themselves. At safety, Kyle Hamilton's a returning All-American. He's going to be one of the best defensive backs in the country. That's a great place to start. Behind that, however, there's a severe lack of depth. So I'm hoping I'm making myself clear. I like the overall depth at cornerback better, but the lack of any proven production, at least to the level that we've seen where you feel like this guy has proven he can be a starter on an elite defense over the course of an entire season and play well in the big games, that hasn't been proven a corner. That's been proven at safety with Kyle Hamilton. After that, though, major question mark. Now, this is more of a linebacker-driven defense than the previous defense, but which was more safety-driven, but that doesn't mean that the safety position still doesn't have a lot on its plate. The safeties have to make a lot of plays in this defense, and, a lo- and ideally, Marcus Freeman prefers having three safeties on the field. Right now, you have one proven safety on the entire roster, and the depth chart after that is very shaky. So does anyone step up other than Kyle Hamilton? Well, with him being sidelined or at least partially sidelined during the spring as he comes back from an ankle injury, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for those other safeties. But do they step up or not? We don't know the answer to that. Houston Griffith, to me, is a key to this. He's got talent. Of that, I have no doubt. He's shown some flashes of it, but we keep using that word flashes. This defense needs more players to be consistently productive. Houston Griffith is in a he's in a 
a last chance sort of situation. We're going to have a series coming up at Irish Breakdown where we talk, it's called a last chance you series, and he is kind of going into his last chance. Can he live up to his promise that he showed as a recruit? And then he showed early in his career when given safety opportunities before they moved him back to corner. Those are big question marks. If Houston Griffith can step up this spring and seize hold of that position and say, this is mine, nobody's going to take it from me, this is mine now, I'm going to do what I know I can do. He has a lot of confidence in himself, and, and he should because he's a talented player. But if he ha- but if he wants to hold that position and be a part of a great defense, he's got to turn that talent into production. Again, another theme that we keep using during this podcast because those are the question marks in defense. I love the talent. It just hasn't, it's just not proven yet. And Houston Griffith has struggled kind of as he's bounced around. This is now going to be his second straight season at safety. This is going to be his first full spring at safety. That's big for him. It's time for him to step up and be the player that I believe he can be, and I know he believes he can be, and what I believe Marcus Freeman believes he can be, which is why they worked so hard to get him back into the program after he decided to enter the transfer portal. Behind that, who steps up in the depth chart? DJ Brown going to improve? He needs to. He's a solid player, but I question his athleticism. Could maybe he thrive as sort of that third safety near the box? where he can use his, his corner skills. He did come to Notre Dame as a corner to, to play more in coverage, but then have protection behind him at safety. Perhaps he can be that player. Perhaps that can be Litchfield Ajavon. Perhaps that could be K.J. Wallace, who's a young player that I really like. It's just, what's his home? He came as a corner. He's more of a natural corner, but he had to move to safety because he's a tough tackler, even though he's not very big, and they have major question marks at the position. K.J. Wallace is a guy that could really change some things as far as that third safety position, which right now projects to potentially be more of a linebacker than a safety, which is what they used at Cincinnati. So they need somebody to step up at that position. Can it be K.J. Wallace? Can it be Litchfield Ajavon? Can it be D.J. Brown? Or maybe Justin Walters gets a chance to do that. Incoming freshman early enrollee, Justin Walters. The moral of the story is somebody has to step up. Is it a freshman corner that moves there? Could it be Philip Riley? I don't have the answers to that. Well, and that's the reason this is one of the big questions. And so what we need to see from Notre Dame this spring is at least two safeties have to step up this spring alongside Kyle Hamilton. You need somebody to seize hold of that starting lineup. And you need a third guy that can say, hey, coach, trust me to play. Yes, I'm not the starter, but I can replace Kyle in, in for X number of snaps and I can be productive. I can replace Houston and be productive, or I could step into that starting lineup role in a three safety defense as part of a four two, a true four two five, and be effective. Right now, I don't know who that player is, and I've got major question marks if that guy's going to step up this spring. And of course, Houston Griffith has to show that he can be the guy next to Kyle Hamilton. As a coach, I never like going into an offseason with this many question marks, with this lack of production at so many different levels. There's not one position where you look at and say, yeah, we got proven guys there, like we saw last year the defensive line, like we even saw last year at linebacker to a degree, like we saw in past seasons at cornerback. There's question marks on all three levels of the defense. The good news, however, is that there is a lot of talent on all three levels. There's a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, a lot of potential. Marcus Freeman's going to have to figure out how to take that potential fit it into his defense, fit his defense into that potential, and those two things don't always go together, but for the great coaches, they do. We're going to find out if he can be one of those 
And you've got to get this whole group working in the same direction. That's what the coaches are tasked with. The players are now tasked with getting it done. You're going to get the instruction. You're going to get the coaching. You're going to get the teaching. What do you do with it? Do you put the extra work in? Do you step it up in the weight room? Do you say, hey, now's my time. I got to seize it and not just seize an opportunity to start, but seize an opportunity to be a difference maker and a part of something special. So the work is cut out for the coaching staff and the players. But anytime you can go into an offseason with the talent that Notre Dame has on defense, it certainly gives you some encouragement and hope that by the end of the spring, you're going to have a lot of these questions answered. And the questions that aren't answered, you're going to feel a lot better about going into the fall, being able to answer them. You're going to know who's there. You're going to know who you need to push. You got to know what buttons to push, maybe who you're going to move around. But you need at least three of these questions to be answered by the end of spring. If there's three or more that we still are unsure of, that's going to make me a little nervous about this defense heading into the fall. You need at least at least four of these to step up. You can't have more than two of these positions being question marks going in the fall. So that's where Notre Dame is at right now as we head into the spring. It's going to be an exciting period. I'm looking forward to hearing about who steps up, who's playing well, who's pushing who, what position battles we're going to see, and of course, whether or not these five questions can get answered by the time we head into the summer and really get closer and closer to the 2021 season. So thank you for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the notification button so that you know when we post new videos. If you are listening in a podcast and you've already subscribed, thank you. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and give us a like, give us a rating, give us a five-star rating if you're listening to this podcast so we can make sure that we are growing and more people can get access to our podcast. Make sure that you have joined our Facebook group, our Irish Breakdown Notre Dame fan group where we're going to have a lot of conversation. We post our stories, we post our videos, we post everything there. So come join us there. And if you have some ideas of things you'd like to see us talk about, get in touch with us, let us know, and we'll try to uh, to work those in. And of course, on Friday, we'll have our live Irish Breakdown mailbag and continue to answer your questions about the Notre Dame football team as we get closer and closer to the 2021 season. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon.